Hello and welcome back to the fourth uh, episode of the Locked Up Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Quinn Benson. Here's my co-host, Jake Degnan. How you doing, guys? And we're doing the NFC East uh, draft class today. We're going to start with the Eagles, then we're going to move to the Giants, uh, Washington, and then finally finish up with what a lot of people are saying is the best class. We may have some different opinions in the uh, Cowboys draft. So let's dive right into this Eagles draft class. With the first, uh, with their first round pick, 21 overall, they take Jalen Rager out of TCU. Jalen Hurts, another Jalen in round two. They ran out of Jalen's to draft in round three. So they went with a linebacker in Davion Taylor out of Colorado. In round four, they had two picks. They took Kayvon Wallace, a safety versatile piece out of Clemson, and Jack Driscoll out of Auburn. They then went in the fifth round, uh, John Hightower, a Boise State 6-2 wide receiver, Jake. Sean Bradley, Quiz Watkins, Prince taking the Winogo in the sixth round, and then Casey Tuhill in the seventh round. So what do you think about these picks? Let's start with Jalen Rager. Um, I think he's explosive, and he's a really – like, he's a super athletic player. I really think Jefferson should have gone here. I think he was – probably a lot better pick because I feel like like with the Rager pick I feel like he's really like a hit or miss like you're either gonna get a thousand yard wide receiver out of him or you're gonna get a 500 yard wide receiver him and Godwin or Goodwin will either be super good or they're not gonna match up well at all he was really like an in the middle player to me like some had him going middle first round to late first round and some had him going bottom second yeah, and I think I think in all of those mock drafts, everyone had four wide receivers over him. And yeah. you have your top three, and then you have Jefferson, who everyone thought was – he's locked in at the number four wide receiver. But then the Eagles messed it up. Uh, in my opinion, they took Rager. And, um, you know, they had the one guy, the, there was a fire, and a baby was dropped, and then someone caught the baby, and the guy said – didn't catch like uh at least I caught it unlike Aguilar. Rager is very similar to that in the sense that he was um, plagued by drops throughout his college career. He does have the speed to be explosive like you mentioned but I think you already have so many speed options um, at least on the Chiefs uh, which of course Jake's a fan of they have a bigger wide receiver and a Demarcus Robinson or even a Sammy Watkins that while he's still incredibly quick, he has size um, to match with that. This Eagles team, I don't, I don't see it uh, in terms of the versatility at the wide receiver position. It all just seems like speed guys to me. And they didn't really do a lot to differentiate it unless we go down to this John Hightower pick, which we will get to a little bit later. But in the second round, they go Jalen Hurts, uh, which really gives me the idea that they're scared Carson Wentz maybe um, maybe have an injury history that scares them for the future as well. Um, we see with the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes going down. We see uh, Andy Dalton being signed to another team in this division in the Cowboys just recently, that this backup quarterback role is becoming more and more important. Um but the question is, is Hertz going to be playing quarterback at this next level? What do you think about that, Jake? I think with this Hertz pick, I really would have liked to see New England take him at 37. I think that would have been the best fit for him, but obviously 
Stidham is their guy here. I think Stoddham. I see Stidham. Okay, we're going with that. I think I think this has the potential to be a Wentz replacement pick because I think Wentz is super good when he's healthy, but he's never healthy. I mean, he has thrown four passes in the playoffs. Like yeah, like I don't know how you're a starting quarterback in the NFL and your team has won a Super Bowl. And you weren't even a part of the playoff run. And it's and and while he was on the Eagles too, it's not like they haven't been to the playoffs besides that one playoff run. Yeah. Where they They've went made to the past Super Bowl. four yeah. years. Yeah. Uh actually I don't know. They missed one. I think they were three maybe. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. But what really gets me about this Jalen Hurts pick is I I didn't trust him at the beginning of the year. I didn't think he was gonna be that great of a player, but he grew on me um, as an athletic guy who I could really see the touch of the football. Why is everyone saying that he's going to be playing wide receiver or wherever? Because this guy looks to me like he is a quarterback 100% of the way. Everyone's saying Taysom Hill, but, I mean, what have we seen? Nine passes from Taysom Hill in his entire career? Yeah, I agree with you. I, don't, I, think, I think there's going to be some similarities. I think the Eagles will go some two QB sets. Like you won't see, you won't see the Taysom Hill and Hurts where he's lining up to cover kick returns and punt returns. Yeah. But I still think you might see him line up with Wentz all over the field. I think they could potentially do something like the Ravens did with uh, Lamar Jackson and Robert RG three in the backfield. Yeah. I think there could be some potential there, but I mean, I don't see him being a full Taysom Hill and playing tight end covering punts. Yeah, exactly. all that, but I think the Eagles will use him in uh, some sort of similar way on the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree with that in, in a lot of ways. I really like the comparison that you had to an RG3 in a lot of senses in terms of uh, skill set and what a lot of people thought RG3 would be coming out of the draft. Um, I mean, the best skill that uh, the best skill that Hurts possesses is his touch on, on deep balls. Um, Let's go to this next pick, which is Davion Taylor. I thought he was great against the run, but he's pretty bad against the pass. I didn't think he had the play recognition to really uh, hold in a zone. I think he's a spy type of player. It's a real position in need, though, for the um, for the Eagles. I mean, I look at the roster, and right now they have Duke Riley starting at linebacker. I don't think that's going to work out so well for them. I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't go uh, – earlier uh, at a linebacker position. I mean, if they even win in the first round, if they didn't take Jefferson and they did Kenneth trade Marquis Goodwin, Kenneth Murray, which Murray was of course, I was low on the board. Patrick yeah. Queen is who I would have gone with. I mean, especially after you see the Cowboys, who we'll get to later, going with a, a after-the-catch wide receiver. Once again, you want someone that's great in pass coverage. That'd be Patrick Queen. Um but they go Davion Taylor. Uh, I kind of talked about him as a Willie Gay light. Um, he's off the field, though. He is much heavier in religion, and it actually stopped him from playing in high school, Jake. I didn't know that. But what I saw from him, I think he's extremely raw. Um, I think he looks like a safety a little bit, just like in his measurables. But... Um, yeah, I really, I think they're just, 
I don't really know what they're doing with this pick because I think he has potential to be converted back to safety. I don't really yeah. know if he's big enough to be a linebacker in the NFL, like in terms yeah. of size. Yeah, I can but, I can definitely see that. Um, I think what what I saw though, at least um, watching tape and then looking at his statistics, is this guy was a tackle machine. Um, and I think he really has the power to meet a lot of the guys that may just be because of, you know, where he was um, slotted, who he was playing against at um, at Colorado. But I, I can definitely see what you're talking about, 6-1 right there. So let's talk about this day three more. Um, I see four potential starters that they get to a tackle, actually, in Prince Teguinogo, who I thought would go much earlier. Injury concerns, of course, prevented him, uh, dropped into, I believe, the sixth round. And then Jack Driscoll, who was a player I really liked as he's not going to start year one. I don't think you play him as a swing. But I think after one year of grooming, um, I think this guy can be a real, real threat at the tackle position as far as powerful guy. John Hightower was the next pick. I think he was weak at the point of attack, um, but he does one of the things that I value most is his speed differential and his ability to change speeds in a wide receiver. He has that. And then Kayvon Wallace, his best attribute is versatility. Uh, I don't know where he'll line up. Maybe a big nickel who can blitz uh, if he can develop play recognition. Yeah, I think I think Wallace. I honestly, I watched some of the tape of him at Clemson. I think he's kind of a beast. I mean, he had seventy-eight tackles and two picks last year on a stacked Clemson defense. I mean, I think I think he's gonna turn out to be a fairly good player in the NFL. In terms of high tower, I don't really know if he's the most consistent player because he's had he had big games, then he had. Terrible games. I mean, he had eight touchdowns and was 57 yards away from a thousand yard season. Yeah. But he was the leading receiver on Boise State. He was their number one. But I just, he had such big games. And then he had games where he looked like he was an undrafted free agent at best. So I think, like, he's just not, he's not very consistent. But if the Eagles can develop him into somewhere where he's super consistent, I think he's going to be fairly good. I think he has potential to potentially be like um like maybe a Demarcus Robinson in the NFL, even though he doesn't really have the size, he's not as tall, but I mean yeah. there's potential there. Yeah, um I give this draft all in all a C plus. I think that Howie's kinda overthinking this. I mean he loses Andrew Barry, he loses Joe Douglas, his two like right hand men. I don't know what's happening exactly in um, Philadelphia. These picks are very hit or miss. It kind of confuses me, especially in these first couple of rounds. So that's why I gave it a C plus. What do you think? Yeah, I gave it a C plus. Even though I like the Hertz pick, I think I don't know if he's gonna fit best in yeah um, in Philadelphia because I mean obviously they're not gonna trade once they just gave him like a huge contract extension. If if that's yeah, no, no, they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I I don't know if he's going to be as good as Taysom Hill because I don't think he has the quickness to do that. 
And I think they should have gone with Jefferson in that first yeah. round. I think he's more of a number one than Rager is. Well, Marquise Goodwin can be your slot number two. Yeah, and I mean, we look at – I think we're both looking at this day three, three for them as a pretty – one of the best ones in terms of yeah, I would, potential. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I'm just looking at this. They could have had Jefferson in the first round, go with someone like a Willie Gay in the second round, and then if you were going to go with uh, Davey Montella, who, like I said, Willie Gay light, go with a Jake Fromm or, or James Morgan in the in the third round, and you get your backup quarterback, you get a star wide receiver, and you get a starting linebacker. And then this draft turns into maybe one of the best that we see uh, yeah. in the entire NFL, not just in the NFC East. So, yeah, so I think C, C plus is probably there where they're right. sitting right now. Right. So let's move on. Let's go to the Giants. Uh, who selected with the fourth overall pick, Andrew Thomas, a tackle out of Georgia, primarily a left tackle. Xavier McKinney, a safety, a versatile one at pick 36. Matt Pert at pick 99 overall in the third round. Darnay Holmes, a cornerback out of UCLA with the fourth round pick at 110. Shane Lemieux, fifth round, pick 150. Cam Brown, <laughs> here comes the run on linebackers. Uh, Pick 183 in the sixth round. Carter Coughlin, pick uh, 218 in the seventh round. TJ Brunson, seventh round, pick 238. And then a cornerback to mix it up just a little bit. Chris Williamson out of Minnesota, round seven, pick 247. And then Dave Gelman has to go back to the well linebackers. He takes Tay Crowder at pick 255. Um. I'll let you go off on this Thomas pick because I know you had some offensive tackles ranked higher than him, and you were a little shocked by it here. Yeah. Um, I thought Andrew Thomas was a very, very good player. I thought Jedrick Wills was far and away the best tackle in the class and maybe the best tackle that we've seen in the last four or five years in terms of a prospect. This guy played right tackle successfully. He played left tackle uh, who I think he will be in the NFL. Um, they, I mean, the Browns take him. They obviously think the same thing because Jack Conklin, there's no way he's moving left tackle after four years at right tackle. So in terms of the value drop-off that I saw after Wills in this class, it was much more uh, than anything else in terms – anyone else that I talked about – talked to in terms of success level and where I saw them because I saw Jedrick Wills as a Joe Staley and then I saw an Andrew Thomas as a um, Mitchell Mitchell Schwartz maybe who I still think he's going to be a great player at left tackle but I think if you can get Jedrick Wills you do not pass up on him yeah I agree with you I think Wills would have been the better pick here or worse even as a matter of fact I think you could have gone with worse here and you could have reasoned as why he's your as why you take him at number four but Thomas is there's no disputing he's an experienced player he's athletic and smart for his size yeah he's a debut pick (laughs) yeah he doesn't he doesn't have the same potential as a Wills or a Works but he also he's solid he doesn't commit penalties he's really um, I think they're going to have to move him to the right, even though you don't really see that because they have Nate Solder on the left. Yeah, but Nate Solder sucked on the left side last year. I'm wondering if they move him to right tackle and they just say, we're going to move Matt Pert, who we drafted later, 
to a swing position. We're going to put Shane Lemieux starting at right guard. We're going to have Will Hernandez and Andrew Thomas on the left, and that's going to be our our pairing for the future because Daniel Jones needs some space to run. These guys are both, I guess, somewhat agile in terms of uh, the left side there. I think they move Nate Solder to right tackle, but you're right. It'll be an interesting thing to see. I mean, but then there's also the thing where, like, you know, you want to protect his blind side, so you're going to put your number four pick on his blind side. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really – it's going to be interesting what they do with that. But Yeah. Uh, let's we'll move see. on. Let's move on to the Xavier McKinney pick. Um, I know you were very high on Delta, which we'll get to um, maybe next week when we do our AFC North grades. But was he your number two, Xavier McKinney? Um, I think I think I was high on Delpit because of the year he had last year, not his most recent year. But I did have McKinney as my number one and Winfield as my number two. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So you were I just higher I was, on. I was just higher on Delpit than I think he was given credit for. But I think with this McKinney pick, I think it's a very good pick. I think you could have gone win like McKinney or Winfield here. I don't think it really would have made a difference I think they're equally as good as in terms of players I really don't think it would have mattered like you could have taken Winfield here and it would have been a good pick and you take McKinney here and it's still a good pick like I think him and Peppers are going to be good together I think McKinney is more of a tackler than Winfield was I think McKinney's just a tackling machine he at safety he led DBs at tackles in the SEC I mean, I think he, I think he's going to be a solid player in the NFL. Yeah, um, I disagree with you. He was my number two safety behind Winfield. I thought Winfield was far and away the best safety, kind of like I thought Wills was at a tackle. But in terms of their pairing, I want Jewel, uh, Peppers to play more in the box. I see versatility as Xavier McKinney's best skill. Is that true? Do you see that? I, I see – I mean, I think he's a true safety, though. I don't really think you can put him anywhere else. I don't think you can I, – I don't think he can play single high. Like, if you're wanting to run cover one, put uh, put Peppers in the box. I don't think McKinney can be elite in terms of a cover one. He can – I don't know what I, – I think it'll be very interesting. When I saw this pick, I was upset it wasn't Winfield uh, for Giants fans. But I think now that Baker, uh, all this stuff's coming out about him, maybe you see McKinney play some cornerback. That's that's tough, converting a safety to cornerback. Yeah, but he could do it. He played slot sometimes at Alabama. Yeah, but playing slot and being a true outside cornerback is so hard to transfer over. Yeah. Like, like, like for example, like when Kendall Fuller came to – Kansas City like he was a true slot cornerback and then when we moved when we moved him to the outside he had some struggles you know right and he had to play on yeah and we had to move him back to the slot so you know it's so hard to convert to get a good cornerback like I don't know if that's possible yeah yeah we'll see yeah, I think we have a little bit of differing opinions in terms of uh, scheme fit. I think Xavier McKinney is a good player, number two safety, of course, and a pretty pretty good safety class in terms of versatility as well. Uh, nothing against the guy. I just think that with Peppers on the other side, I would like to see Winfield here. 
I think we touched on the pert pick. I, I see him as a swing tackle in his first year, get Solder's contract off next year, and then you move him to right tackle, start at that right tackle position. What do you think? I think there's no surprise here. They really they did, needed help on the line. Um, he started 48 games on U, at UConn. He's a very good player. I think he's going to start down the road. I think he maybe needs a year or two. But I, I definitely see him being a starting NFL player on the line in the future. I think he's a good player. And I think the Giants line honestly got a lot better with these two picks with Thomas and Pert. Yeah, and then they go line again, and a player that I almost like better than Pert in terms of he played left guard mostly at Oregon, um, but he can also play right guard, filled in for a couple injuries on that line. And Shane Lemieux, um, he has a prototypical body, except for his arm length. He's exceptional in all aspects of the game, except for his arm length. We'll see what happens there, but we really saw what he could do in terms of a solid O-line, this Oregon O-line, you know, Calvin Morton. um, You have Penny Sewell, I think I'm saying that right, uh, who probably will be the number one pick next year if it's not Trevor Lawrence. but in terms of an O-line that's really starting to form itself, I see that in uh, New York City in terms of the Giants. So I think this is a great pick. Um, what do you think? Um, I think he could be a future starter. I think that Oregon line was really solid this year. Um, I don't know if I would have him higher than Pert because I think Pert is just he's, – he's your old reliable. Yeah. But um, I think Lemoyne has a – good chance to be a backup and if not play in the NFL. Yep. And then these uh, Darnay Holmes, um, I want to bring up uh, once again, DeAndre Baker. Um, This Darnay Holmes pick, we saw Baker not know the playbook. Like stuff came out that he just didn't know what he was doing. Half the time he was playing zone and man, man and zone. This Darnay Holmes, uh, out of UCLA doesn't do that. He's a great kid on and off the field. He knows the game well. He's an instinctive cornerback. Uh, That's why you saw him. I think he had eight interceptions. Um, I think this is a great pick for, for the Giants in terms of it fills a need, and it's a player that, you know, you see the concerns with the guy you drafted in the first round last year. Get a guy who maybe if you well, – they're probably going to cut Baker, but if they don't, maybe try and teach him some of the stuff that Darnay Holmes in terms of uh, work ethic that we saw at UCLA. Yeah, I think, um, I think he's definitely going to be, I think he's your solid slot cornerback here. I think that's what we were talking mm-hmm. about. And there, I think he's a, he can play in the slot. I think that's where he's best, but I think he can also play on the outside. I, he had, like you said, he had eight picks over his whole career, but he had two last year. He had six pass breakups. He had 33 tackles. I think he is for a cornerback. I think those are solid stats. And for where he was drafted, I think this is a good pick for them. Right. Um, four linebackers in the next five picks. I get it was a position need. None of them, though, I've ever heard of. I'm going to be completely honest with you in terms of skill level. Um, and then, of course, they take uh, another – a versatile defensive back in those picks as well. And, and Chris Williamson out of Minnesota, I think he was a rarely really good player uh, in terms of value, but these four linebackers, I mean, I don't know. 
Yeah, I I mean, I'll take your – I didn't really look at Chris Williamson. I think I was just going to – because I knew you liked that – like the Utah and the Minnesota defenses. I know you liked them a lot, so I was going to let you talk about that if you had anything more to say. But I feel like with these linebackers, I feel like Cam Brown, I think he has backup potential at best. Carter Coughlin is really a hit or miss. Like, I think he can either develop into someone you can eventually play or he's going to get cut or play practice squad. And I really – I don't know about Tay Crowder at all if, I want, if I'm being honest here. Like, I have yeah. never heard of him before. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to go back into this Chris Williamson pick because I think it is very good in terms of – he may be a product of the Minnesota defense – but just in terms of his production, uh, getting him in the seventh round is phenomenal. This is a guy who I really see play him at maybe a slot uh, position or outside position, drop back three guys in, in coverage and zone, play like a cover three zone blitz where you're blitzing your slot cornerback. This guy did it. He had two and a half sacks in his senior season in terms of uh, as well as 57 tackles. And he had pass breaks up, uh, pass breakups galore throughout his um throughout his time in 2019 um, he played in all 13 games which is pretty phenomenal I really like this guy yeah I agree with you uh, I gave the draft partly because I like Chris Williamson so much I think Andrew Thomas and Xavier McKinney are two solid players they're uh, not my number ones on my board in a class where I thought there was a little bit of drop off but Shane Lemieux Matt Pert they help protect uh, Daniel Jones. They get some running lanes for Saquon Barkley to keep him untouched if you maybe want to re-sign him in the future. I gave this draft a B plus. Um, I gave it a C plus, and that's because I think Wills are worse. Should have gone at four if you're going to take an offensive lineman. Um, I really – and I think their day three struggled besides Williamson. Yeah. Um, so I mean, like the only, I mean, like, obviously Thomas is going to be a good player, but I think Wills or Works would have been better. And I just, I don't see a whole lot out of this class besides outside of their top three picks and potentially Holmes. All right. Um, let's move on to this Redskins draft, which is one that we may have different opinions on. I have some pretty strong feelings in terms of their future and what they did. Uh, Chase Young at pick number two overall, uh, pick 66 in the third round, Antonio Gibson, pick 108, Sadiq Charles, a tackle out of LSU, Antonio Gandy-Golden, one of my favorite players in this draft, a player that I had him as my number six wide receiver uh, in terms of all talent and, and not taking into consideration scheme because you don't know scheme when you're, when you're um, classifying these players in terms of rankings. Keith Ishmael uh, at pick 156, pick 162, Kaliki Hudson, pick 216, Cameron Curl, a safety, and then James Smith-Williams in the seventh round pick uh, 229. And then I also want to bring into uh, this draft class a player that a lot of people sh thought should have been gone drafted. I'm going to say he's a seventh round pick, Thaddeus Moss, uh, tied in out of LSU. Thank you. Thank you. I think he's going to be – we'll get to him later, but I think he's going to be a stud. Right. And once we see – if we see a big um, undrafted free agent on a team that we're talking about, 
we'll definitely bring them up in these draft class grades because I think UDFAs are, I mean, they're a, a lot of the times the players that have to step up if an injury happens. So they're important. Okay, yeah, so we'll talk about that in a second, but let's we can dive into Chase Young here. Um, second best defensive player in this draft. Um, even though I think he's going to be a double-digit sack guy almost every year of his career, and I think he's the most ready pass rusher we've seen in a long time. Yeah. I um, think as long as he doesn't get hurt, he's – going to be an all-pro in several of his careers. So let me just tell you, uh, just as you're saying, you know, second-best uh, player, he had three passes deflected. He had seven forced fumbles. He had 21 tackles for loss, and he had 16 and a half sacks. This is a stat line out of a, a, a edge defender that you see maybe accumulatively in the entirety of their college career. He had this in one year, Jake. 16 and a half sacks, 21 tackles for loss, seven forced fumbles, three passes deflected in one year. And I get stats aren't at all. But when you watch this guy play, there isn't a phase of the game where he doesn't know where he's going, where he doesn't know what the play the offense is running is. There's not a play where he doesn't think he can beat the tackle on the other side of the field. I, 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 lo- I love the pick. I'm not saying I don't love the pick. But Simmons had 104 tackles last year. He had eight sacks and three interceptions. So we're, we don't need to get into that argument. But I still, I'm not saying Chase Young is not going to be a bad player. That's not what I'm trying to say here. I think he's going to be a great player. I just think he's the second best defensive player in the NFL draft. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, we're, I we're going to differ on this. We're both very stern in terms of our opinions on this. Let's move on to this Antonio Gibson pick because I think we both believe Chase Young's going to be a great player. It's just a matter of picking hairs in terms of our yeah. opinions on a player we will get to later in Carolina. Um, with this Gibson pick, I really think he's the jack of all trades. Um, I think he had, he had 11.2 yards of carry. Or something. Yeah. Even though he played wide receiver, he had 11.2 yards of carry, and he had like 30 carries all year. I think he ranked with 300 yards, with 800 receiving yards. I think, I think he has potential to be a really good pick. I think him and McLaurin have potential to maybe do some damage in the NFL. Yeah. What I really want to see out of um, Antonio Gibson is him not play wide receiver. I think, or, or not play. Um, running back I mean they have him listed as running back when you go on nfl.com and you see the depth chart I hope that doesn't happen they already have Darius guys Bryce Love uh, who I really liked last year out of Stanford a player who I hope you know injuries plagued him last year maybe that doesn't happen he can really start to use his agility once he gets healthy again and then of course Adrian Peterson in that running back mix I don't think he sees a lot of time but if you do want to run a dual back sets with RPOs, put Antonio Gibson on a wheel route, maybe I think that's where he can really, really shine or place him in the slot. Um, I love this pick. And and what you'll see as a theme throughout this Washington draft class is they took risky players. But for a team that was in the dumps, they were the second uh, worst team in the NFL last season. This is a team that you want to see them take risks, especially with a new regime. If you hit on – I mean, you can hit on six of these picks and they can be uh, uh, pro bowlers, I think. 
I think you look yeah. at Sadiq Charles, Antonio Gandy-Golden. I think you look at Kaliki Hudson and Chase Young and Antonio Gibson. Those players all could be all pros. They truly can be. And if you have the coaching of Ron Rivera, this is a team I'm putting it, I'm, I'm speaking into existence, Jake. I'm ready to make my take. Next year, not this year, next year, they will be a Super Bowl contender. I'm not saying about wild card. Oh I'm saying God. this is a team that has the best defensive oh line slash edge rusher in the entire NFL. And this is yeah, a you team need a quarterback. Is, you need a quarterback to make it to the Super Bowl. Dwayne Haskins played fine. He didn't play great. Oh, he, he didn't play great. He didn't play great, Jake. But I'm telling you, in his third year, right? It's going to start to be, you know, he's going to have pressure on him. He has to prove himself. Ron Rivera is his new coach. He has already a year under his belt with him. This is a team that I could see 10, 11 wins off of and a Super Bowl run. Oh my God. No. 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 Well, that's a not take. With, not Help as me on freezing cold takes if it's wrong. They will not make it to the Super Bowl. I was high on Haskins. I think he was great in college, but he's not an NFL quarterback. Let's, let's just be honest. He's not. He's not. I think he is. You don't. Well, that's something that we'll have to dive into once the season starts, if he starts to play great uh, or not. Uh, we're, I have a list on right now of all the hot takes that we have that we can circle back midseason, maybe around the trade deadline, and we can uh, look at some of these statistics, how they're playing, and really start to compare them. But I got a little off track there. I got a little excited after talking about the Antonio Gibson pick. Let's move on to Sadiq Charles and the sixth best wide receiver in a stacked wide receiver class, Antonio Gandy Golden. I think uh, Charles is a starter in the NFL. I don't think his tape matches his talent. I think he actually is going to be a very solid player in the NFL. I don't think he had the best past year, but I think he is going to be good. Um, and then the Gandy Golden, I think he's a 6'4", raw, wide out, 77-inch wingspan. He attacks the ball. I think he needs a little bit of time, but I think he will start in the NFL. Uh, I want to look at Sadiq Charles again. This is Trent Williams' replacement is what they were probably hoping to get out of him. I don't think he can play tackle just looking at his size. But if you look at his traits, I mean, they are all there to play tackle. So this is a this is a guy who I'm excited to see progress at the next level. I think if off the field concerns aren't there, this guy is a first second rounder in a stacked yeah. tackle class. Um, and then this Antonio Gainey Golden pick a player that I would have honestly, I'm being 100 honest here, Jake. The Chiefs, um, or sorry, T Higgins went at number uh, 33 overall. If Antonio Gainey Golden went there. I would have been fine with it. I thought I would have given it the same exact rate as I'm going to give T. Higgins because I think he is that great of a player. You look at this guy, Jake, and you see an, a long-range uh, speed threat. He has a build-up speed that is unlike any other in terms of a vertical threat. You pair him next to Terry McLaurin. I think it's great. He didn't face great competition, but you can't bang him on the competition he faced because he did phenomenal. He was a thousand yard and 10 touchdown receiver in three consecutive years. He's an athletic freak. You're banking on his potential, but this is a player that really excites me and a, and a player that I would, if you're in a dynasty league in fantasy football, put him down as a guy that you want. Um, I want to talk about this Hudson pick a little bit. I honestly, I'm high on Hudson. I think he was a bit of a steal. He had 102 tackles last year. He was the best linebacker on the Michigan team. 
Nice. I think he I think he's gonna be a very solid player in the NFL. I think I think he has the potential to start within the next three years. Yeah, um right next to his name, you can look on our sheet. I have just production king. Like he, yeah. the, if you look at this guy, he doesn't have the prototypical size of a linebacker, but he somehow produced against great competition at uh Michigan. Keith Ishmael was a player that they drafted just before this. I think he's a center guard. I think he works best at center because his best trait is his ability to jump uh, after the snap and get up quickly. Um, And then Cameron Curl is the last player that I really want to touch on. I didn't do a lot of work on their last pick, which was James Smith-Williams, an edge rusher. But Curl had a breakout season in his last season at – yeah. 76 tackles, two picks in the SEC. Just yeah. A, I don't amazing. know why he didn't go earlier in terms of just – this is a player that I didn't scout in terms of watching tape, but looking at him up, researching about him, watching a couple of games, this is the guy that – Jake, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a pro bowler yet again. I mean – I mean, yeah, if we want to talk about breakout seasons last year, I mean, we can just look at Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick. <laughs> I mean, you look at his junior year, he he was not even a top two or, like, first two-round player. But then he ends up going number one because of a breakout season. I think this curl pick is a very good pick. Yeah. I think, I think he's finally developed into a player that is going to be a pro bowler in the NFL. Yeah. And to get that this late, I know you had a couple things down for this last pick before we get into the Thaddeus Moss discussion. Uh, what do you want to say about him? Um, I think this Smith-Williams pick, I think he needs to return to his junior year. He had mm-hmm. six sacks in 11 games and nine tackles for loss. I think that's that's top five round potential, maybe six round if he falls a little bit. I think. I think that's... I think when they got him in the seventh round, I think that's the right place for him just because of he only started six games last year. I mean, if he had if he had kept his same presence, I think he maybe goes top five rounds, top six rounds. I think he's a good player for where they got him. All right. So of course I didn't I didn't uh, talk about him. It was kind of like um, what we did with the Giants last uh, last draft uh, with this Chris Williamson pick I didn't do work on um, that edge rusher but I did do work on Thaddeus Moss he was one of the players I scouted this guy's an athletic freak Jake if you talk about a tight end who was taken behind Stephen Sullivan who was his backup somehow I don't know if you just don't want the presence of a superstar in your locker room but if you look at a team that has uh, a need a tight end in terms of Jordan Reed constantly getting injured. This Thaddeus Moss, best player, best player that you could have gotten as an undrafted free agent. I think I think that Thaddeus Moss pick. I think it's a really good pickup for them. I think Seattle. I don't know why Seattle didn't take him. I don't know why you take Stephen Sullivan. I think was his name. I was like, yeah, <laughs> what are you? What are you doing? But yeah. I think Thaddeus Moss is a very athletic player. I think he has potential to be tight end two, potentially even tight end one. And for the Redskins, I think he's going to be a very good player for them. Yeah, I think he starts out at tight end three uh, in terms of Jordan Reed's going to be ahead of him. I think they really believe in Jeremy Sprinkle. 
don't know if that's the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know about that. But if Jordan Reed gets injured, like he constantly does, sadly, it's really sad. Uh, the amount yeah, of concussions he's withstained. Yeah. I mean, he's a great player. Um, but this this player at Thaddeus Moss, if you start running a bench setup or a two tight end set where you put Thaddeus Moss on a seam route and you Jeremy Sprinkle on the other side, Dwayne Haskins is going to see Jeremy Sprinkle and he's going to be like, he's covered. And he's going to see Thaddeus Moss and be like, well, who has the better athletic ability? Who am I going to throw up to? i throw it to Thaddeus Moss. And if he gets a couple of those, I mean, people will be shouting at Ron Rivera to start Thaddeus Moss. That's the path to the roster I really see from him and a great player, a player that I would have taken in fourth, fifth round. Yeah, he's. I don't know how he went undrafted. I think he's going to be a great NFL player. So uh, overall, I give this draft an A. I thought that, I mean, if you look at some of the players that they got, like we talked about, pro bowlers all over uh, in terms of potential, that's why I want to see out of a first-year head coach in, in a new scheme, of course. Of course, Ron Rivera's a vet in Carolina, a vet around the league, but a uh, new player uh, in this team that is starting to slowly develop but got a big jump in Washington like I, I like I'll, I'm not saying I don't like I like all of their picks I think they're really good picks but I think the thing with these picks is you really don't know like I like the curl pick I think he's a good player but you don't know if he's going to sustain it I think he has the potential to but you just don't know like like I said, I like Charles. I feel like, but you don't know if he's gonna carry over and be a good player. I just feel like with a lot of these players, they don't know players like what they're gonna do. But I think they all have potential to be good, but they also have potential to not be good. So I gave it a B. Yep. Uh, I think in a lot of senses, I just value Chase Young a little bit more, Antonio Gandy Golden a little bit more, uh, Keith Ishmael a little bit more. But we all see, but I think you also see potential in all of these yeah. players. And it's just where we see their starting uh, value coming out of the draft. Let's move on to this Cowboys draft. Uh, CeeDee Lamb was their first pick at pick 17. Trayvon Diggs, they get in the second round, pick uh, 82 overall. In the third round, Neville Gallimore, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Reggie Robinson out of Tulsa. He's a cornerback that they drafted at pick 123 in the fourth round. Then they trade up to pick 136, take Tyler Bidash, a center out of Wisconsin. Bradley and Nye in the fifth round. Maybe the biggest fall we see. We talked about a Thaddeus Moss fall out of the entire draft. This Bradley and I was mocked a lot of times. I saw him at the top of the second round, top of the third round. And then Ben DiNucci out of James Madison is a quarterback that they took in seventh round. What do you think about these picks, starting off with Lamb? Because I know you have some hot takes. Um, with this Lamb pick, I think you see the best player available pick here. I think that's what you see. Um, I think they should have taken a defensive back. You know, Jeff Gladney was still on the board. Your boy, Noah Igbenogi. However, you say his last name was still on the board. McKinney or Winfield. McKinney or Winfield was still on the board here. I think those picks would have been reasonable for them. I mean, they they had seven interceptions last year as a defense, which is just horrific. People were passing all over them. Like you go back to that Thanksgiving game with the Devin Singletary <laughs> bomb. Like, they were getting passed on all over. They should have taken defense. Defense, sorry. 
Chase Hall was still on the board. Murray was still on the board. Those, even though they have a great linebacking core, they should have taken defense. I don't care what defensive position you take. The Cowboys need help on defense. Yeah, Jeff Heath. Jeff Heath was starting on this defense. I think we just need to take a second to realize that Jeff Heath was a starting safety for the Cowboys last year. Like, (laughs) they, I mean, they arguably have the best wide receiver core in the league with Gallup and Cooper. Um, I think, I think they just took best available here. I think that's really all they were looking at. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, In terms of CeeDee Lamb, I really liked the player. But I still had him as my third wide receiver, and I thought there was a little bit of drop-off after Jerry Judy and uh, Henry Ruggs, specifically because I look at all his tape, and I've told you this before, Jake, I don't see him beat press coverage ever. I, I don't. I point out one circumstance, one play where he beats press coverage, and even if you can, it's not that he, he couldn't beat it. It's that he never played it consistently, and he didn't play it against it consistently. And if you're facing into a league where, you know, you're looking at Miami, who just took Noah Benogany, who is a press cover corner, Jeff Akuda, who can also work in the press, CJ Henderson, who can also work in the press, all these guys who can work as press cover corners are getting drafted highly. They're being valued highly because the league is going to more press coverage, especially on later downs. That scares me that we never saw him face it. Um, after the catch, of course, he's great. Uh, that's his biggest upside. His Trayvon Diggs pick was a player that I thought was not that great. Uh, I like Trayvon Diggs, but he played behind and he played panic constantly. Uh, you look at Noah Benogany and you see a converted wide receiver who can really flourish uh, in terms of knowing what route the wide receiver is running, Trayvon Diggs doesn't do that. He gets behind even more, and he becomes even more panicked. Uh, and I actually liked Reggie Robinson a little bit more than Trayvon Diggs uh, in, in man man coverage. Uh, but you, but no matter what, like you referenced, you just needed defensive players. Uh, get Trayvon or get Jeff Heath out of there. Trayvon Diggs does that. It's an upgrade. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he's the best player. <laughs> But I think if you take since they're taking him middle of round two, I think that's not terrible for where he's going. I think that's a suitable place for him. And I mean, they went defense on the next four of six picks. They had that's no surprise. Like I mentioned, seven interceptions last year, tied for league lowest. Um, and I think Diggs was tied for third with interceptions in the SEC. So as much as we hate on him, he he wasn't a terrible player. Like. And they need him, and he has some potential. So I think middle of round two for Diggs was a good pick. Yeah, uh, Neville Gallimore, a player that reminded me of uh, Jordan. Um, God, blanket on his name right now. Um, Missouri defensive tackle. You know who I'm talking about, right? Jordan Elliott. Um, oh, no, I would not have got. <laughs> uh, Jordan Elliott, in terms of a quick, active hands and interior pressure. Um, I didn't have a Gallimore, a player that I really like at a position in need. You're going to be relying on a lot of veterans at the position, signing Gerald McCoy, uh, Malik Collins. I don't, I'm, I'm sure he left in free agency. I like this pick. I think it was a position need. Taylor B-Dash, they get a pick 136, a player that I thought fell. Um, a center that I believe was 
quite, quite uh, highly ranked in terms of my interior offensive line. I think I'm at a four or five role, but that's because I think that if he can get back to his pre-injured self in that sophomore season for him, he will be an all-pro. But it's can he. The injuries look to weigh on him so much this past year that I don't know if he will be able to do that. Hopefully some of the pressure is relieved because you have Zach Martin, uh, you have Lyle Collins, you have uh, Tyron Smith all over you in terms of help and extra protection that maybe some of that gets hidden. Um, And maybe, you know, they they took uh, Connor McGovern last year. Um, He slots in. He starts for them to start the season. You get cleared up. You get him all cleaned up in Tyler B-Dash so he can get his injury over with, recover NFL facilities. And then this Bradley and I pick, you look at his stat line last year. Uh, Once again, it's not all about stats, but 13 sacks. Um, was quite phenomenal. Once again, maybe a product out of this Utah defense, but geez, was he valuable? Yeah. Um, talking about this Gallimore and a pick, I mean, Gallimore had four sacks last year and 14 games, which is, I just, I don't see him know why he was taken in the third round. I honestly think Bradley and a could have gone in the third round. It would have been a yeah. better pick. I mean, he had 13 sacks and we're saying this for a lot of Utah players, but I mean, this is another huge steal for them. Yeah. I mean, Mel Kipper had him ranked 89, and he went hold on, hold at on, hold 179. On, hold, on. hold on. Did you just say Mel Kipper? Yeah. Did you call him Mel Kipper? <laughs> no, no. Mel Kipper had him ranked at 89. No, 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 no. Mel Kipper? What's the problem with Mel Mel Kuyper? What does oh my god? Mel what Kipper. difference does it make? Mel, Mel Kuyper, Mel Kipper. It's the same thing. It's the same. Don't no. It's the same thing. That's standard. Okay, whatever. They had him. He he had him ranked at eighty nine, and he went at one seventy nine, which I think is a huge steal for the Cowboys. Uh, the Reggie Robinson pick. I think he's hugely improved. 38 tackles and four picks last year, along with 13 passes defended. And then the Tyler, whatever his last name is, I think it's just a Travis Frederick replacement. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Tyler P. Dash. Um, this Ben Nanucci pick, I didn't really see making much sense. If Dalton was the plan, everyone expected Dalton to be cut. If you really thought you could sign him because my hands don't get cramps when I'm writing checks, as Jerry Jones would say. Um <laughs> If you're going to sign him, why are you taking Ben DiNucci here? Take Thaddeus Moss, a player that we just recently talked about. I give this draft an A just because I think they filled a lot of needs. They help um, with CeeDee Lamb, and I actually just looked this up when you were talking about giving Amari Cooper all that money. There's a potential out in that contract after pick or after 2022 um, where they have $6 million in dead cap, but they don't have to pay him the other $60 million. Uh, so... It's it's quite possible that this was their plan. Uh, Jerry Jones was thinking ahead. Maybe he should draft on the yacht a little bit more. Uh, I gave this an A. What'd you give it? Um, I gave it a B minus because with this seven picks last year, I don't I don't care if Lamb falls you at thirty two in round one. You need to take a defensive back. If you have 
if you want to make it to the Super Bowl, you have an offense that's ready to make it to the Super Bowl. But if your defense gets seven picks a year, you're not making it to the Super Bowl. Say they come across a 49ers team or a Chiefs team in the Super Bowl or 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Hey, they, the will throw, they will throw all over them, and it won't even be – yeah, well, I don't, I don't care. You take, you take a defensive back here at this pick, and I, that's why yeah, I gave it to B minus. Especially if you don't resign Byron Jones, which they didn't. Um, exactly. We had a little bit of separation on a lot of these grades. Uh, correct on the Eagles in terms of a C plus. I think we both had that a little bit of an odd draft. We went through and we talked about how they really could have made this one of the best classes if they just switched the positions that they took these players. Um, in Willie Gay instead of uh, Davion Taylor. In terms of the Giants, I think we felt pretty similar on their draft in terms of, okay, they solidify their offensive line. That's good. Darnay Holmes is pretty good. These linebackers didn't really make sense. Um, they take a cornerback in Chris Williamson, who I really like out of Minnesota. Washington, we will see incredible potential. I made the statement that this would be one more year and then they're a Super Bowl contender. And then the Cowboys, we have pretty differing opinions on um, in terms of, you know, Jake thought they really needed to prioritize defense. I thought they took a lot of really great players. I was higher on Neville Gallimore um, and Tyra B-Dash. But what do you think about this podcast and our grades? Anything to conclude? Um, I think I think we, we had some different opinions, like you said, with this Cowboys pick, just because I don't like the Lamb pick and I don't like the Gallimore pick. But I think – I think they got they had a steal in Robinson and an A, but I don't like their first and their third rounders. Right. So next Wednesday we'll, we'll be back. Um, I believe we're doing the AFC North. Uh, that will be a fun one. We get to talk about the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. Make sure you come back and watch that. We'll give you live updates if we're talking about podcasts when we're uh, planning to record next and. Uh, if we have recorded, if the podcast is live, if you follow us on Twitter at LockedUpKC. My personal account is at QuinnBenson20. Jake's is at uh, Jake underscore Degnan. And we'll be back on Wednesday. Any parting words? Uh, no, I think you covered it. All right, great. Bye, guys.